All right. If, if I asked you to rate your fulfillment with your personal development and your spiritual life on a scale from one to 10, a, uh, a 10 being it's dialed in that those things are dialed in and a one being, I have a lot of work to do. How would you rate each your personal development and your spiritual life? And maybe more importantly, why would you rate them that way? What is going on in your perspective on your own personal development and your spiritual life that's important for you to pay attention to today? What's going on in those two areas of your life that is relevant to your work and mission, even to your coworkers and other people around you, and to you as a leader or potential leader moving forward? That's where we're starting today. So let's launch into the wild conversation. I'm Dr. Rob McKenna, and welcome to the wild conversation where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for the sake of others. And we are wrapping up an incredible series of wild conversations on living your intentional life. We've talked about what it means to lead a fulfilling life and specifically family and friends. We've talked about resourcing and the importance of intentionality regarding health and finances. We spent an entire week talking about a fulfilling job and career. Um, a podcast or a link to, to uh, our YouTube channel that I hope you'll share with someone who may be wanting a new perspective on either or both their job and career. And last week was a big one. At least it felt like that for me. The last time we talked about this, what does it mean to courageously serve others? And if you want access to those conversations or know someone you will want to share them with, we will include those in the comments um, and also in the chat. And this week, we're talking about fulfillment in the area of personal growth and personal development and, uh, and, and also in your spiritual life. So let's go. Let's get into this. I recently watched a documentary about Boris Becker, uh, the famous tennis player from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s who has come into some hard times more recently. And if you don't know who Boris Becker is, then you're younger than me. But Boris Franz Becker is a German former number one tennis player in the world. And as a former collegiate tennis player and, and college tennis coach, um, I watched a lot of Boris Becker through a lot of my younger years. And Becker is the youngest ever winner in singles at Wimbledon at 17 years old and is regarded as one of the greatest tennis players of all time. He won 64 titles overall, including an Olympic gold medal and six Grand Slam titles in singles. And Becker is often credited as the pioneer of power tennis because he had a giant crushing serve. Can I have a nod? Some of you know what I'm talking about. When you think about Becker, he just had a massive serve. And one of Becker's greatest rivals was another person, I hope, whose name you know, <laughs> Andre Agassi. Um, and in head-to-head -head matches over the time of the crossover in their careers, Agassi had won 10 times and Becker had won four. Uh, three of those matches out of the 14 where Becker won being in the, the first three times they ever played together. So Becker was winning early, but then Agassi won almost everything later. And Agassi is known as having one of the greatest service returns ever which made him problematic for a big server like Boris Becker. At one point in the documentary, this, is, this just cracked me up. Agassi's coach describes a conversation he witnessed between Agassi and Boris Becker in which Becker asked Agassi how he was able to read his serve. And almost as if Agassi knew which side of the court Becker was going to serve to. 
And Becker had since retired, so Agassi was willing to tell him at this point. And this is Rob's paraphrase on what I heard in the documentary. He said this, you have a tell. You do this thing with your tongue, and I learned that when you're going to serve to the left side of the service box, your tongue would roll to the left side of your mouth, on the outside of his mouth. And if you were going to serve to the right side of the box, you rolled your tongue to the right. And at that point in the documentary, they showed actual footage of that happening. And Agassiz's coach later said to Agassi, in all the time I was coaching you, why didn't you ever tell me that? And Agassi said, I knew you wouldn't believe me if I told you. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Had Becker been aware of what he was projecting from somewhere inside of himself that was being expressed externally by his tongue and where it moved related to the direction of his serve, he could have had an entirely different experience playing Andre Agassi. And for us to have the guts to to run, when I say us, I mean wild leaders, to have the guts to run an organization and create a community that responsibly invites a person or a leader into a process of whole and intentional leader development, we cannot bait and switch you. We cannot bait and switch me. If it's going to be a conversation about wholeness, it has to, has to, to be real to the actual story of our lives and our work, relevant to our daily activities and rigorous, like deeper than just the typical surface approach to developing ourselves that leaves entire chapters of our lives out of the conversation when we know full well that our actions on the outside are being impacted by the invisible. The things we think, the things we need, the thing we feel, and the things that we even believe. And as my dear friend and mentoring voice in my life, Mark Vincent, founder of Maestro Level Leaders, and here we go, an organization completely committed to helping leaders and owners invest intentionally in developing future value, success and strategies, and legacy, recently published. And if I sound like I'm friend bragging, I am because I love this man. I'm about to quote. So this is a lot before the quote. In fact, I sent him a text yesterday telling him that I rarely quote authors and thinkers out there that I don't know. My greatest heroes are the leaders I know personally who are fighting in the trenches with me, or as I said to him, waiting in the trenches with me. And Mark is one of them. So here's the quote. Finally, after all of that preface about my friend, Mark, who some of you, you're looking at his face right now. This is what Mark posted the other day. I believe in narrowing and deepening the hard work to make sim- the hard work to make simple because I've experienced its fruits up close and personal disciplining one's heart soul mind and strength pays off not just for that person but for the increasing audience that gathers participates and bears witness he says I believe in narrowing and deepening the hard work to make simple This entire series was inspired by a simple assessment moment that every one of the thousands of leaders and people who have engaged in the wild toolkit in our system have asked themselves, and it's called an integrated fulfillment index. And it's one of the dozens of powerful conversations that are created in teams that are often overlooked as too personal or too life-oriented. But just like Boris Becker's tell, that was a dead giveaway that he was thinking that, that, that is what he's thinking is impacting what others see these conversations when approached tactfully and thoughtfully change and improve us and they change and improve teams and they transform our organizations and this particular moment in the wild toolkit does ask you to assess fulfillment across these different domains and two of those areas include personal development and spiritual life and i said before to you that a one is being is that a, a one 
being you got some work to do and a 10 being that you got it all dialed in. It's a number. It's a, it's a rating on your fulfillment, but it's more than that. And as we often say at Wild Leaders, your scores or profiles matter to us. But what matters even more is the story behind those scores. And when it comes to personal development and spiritual fulfillment, that story behind the score has never mattered more. And for the, for the sake of simplicity um, and of igniting what I hope is a meaningful conversation, and by the way, that's our secret sauce, is providing scaffolding through profiling and assessment and questions and measures, and then we talk about what's behind it. I want to dig deep into personal development and, and this whole space of spiritual life separately and then tie them together. And so let's talk about personal development. Here's how I, here's how I define it. These are the things that are moving, changing or solidifying within us, but may not be shared between us yet. Personal development is all that is changing or moving within you, and maybe also a consideration of what is not moving as much. It is personal and and maybe not yet interpersonal. In other words, maybe we haven't shared this yet, but it's something that's going on deep within us. And I'm going to admit something to you. When we originally created the assessment of integrated fulfillment across these separate areas of life, this category was actually mostly a catch-all like a giant other box. You know what I mean? To, to check the form, like how do we make sure we catch whatever people are thinking about in terms of fulfillment? But since then, and now having seen so many leaders and, and individuals use this tool and assess personal development, I now realize it's maybe one of the most important categories to assess because it's the deepest look at what's going on in us developmentally. And as I consider that question myself, I'm, I'm left to ask, how am I doing and understanding and deepening my own perceptions of myself? What is changing and what is remaining the same? And how am I doing at that? So I would love to ask you again, as you consider your own personal development, your understanding of the things that are changing or the things that are deepening, as Mark invites us to, or remaining the same, how do you rate it on a scale of one to 10? And for me personally, at this point in my life, that conversation has so much context around it. And I'm I'm sure it does for you too. My role as a leader of a business with other strong leaders, my role with you and and the broader wild community, my role as a father of two adult sons, my role as a husband, son, brother, friend, how am I doing it understanding what is changing, moving, adjusting, and growing in me? And equally important, what is increasingly being grounded and not changing? And for me personally, that personal development is inexplicably, inexplicably connected to my faith and the core of everything I value or aspire to value better. For me, the personal development runs deeper than simply knowing myself. And this is this is my world, you all. So I hope that I don't, this is, I hope it's okay to share this. But for me, it's also about knowing the God who created me. Because if there's something spiritual going on in and around me, it is not simply a socially constructed spirituality without shape but potentially a living spiritual realm, something that's that's beyond me. It's something I now realize that I didn't realize before. While, while the theology, which is basically all theology is, is it's your view of God, changes and moves and moves a lot through the lives of some people. Mine has not changed that much. This is my own developmental story. My view of God has been grounded early on in my belief Um, In a God who is unchanging, whose love I really don't deserve but get anyway, and in a God who is forgiving, truthful, tough at times, and understands the messiness of my human experience. So when I rate fulfillment on my spiritual life, and you would rate it differently, I'm sure, that is the story upon which my rating falls. 
And I'm not suggesting that an unchanging theology or understanding faith and God shouldn't change, but I will tell you that mine hasn't that much. And there is such a longer story there. And as I, as I look at some of your faces, I can just imagine the long story there as, you, as we dig into something that we don't talk about very much. And so I invite your story into that. So I ask you this, what is spiritual fulfillment, your spiritual life? What does fulfillment look like for you? And where does it come from? What in the world does your perspective on spiritual things have to do with whole and intentional leader development? Oh my goodness, so much. <laughs> like what are the implications for investing in a generation of leaders? Like what is the real story? No leader is going to get it all right. Grace is going to play a huge role in the future. Blame and a holier-than-thou attitude will be our downfall if we only prop up leaders who speak as if they have all the answers. We will not get it fully right. And the, the problem is that few of us prop up leaders like that, the ones who like come in with saying, I'm getting some things wrong. And, and it's so interesting to think about. So when it comes to spiritual fulfillment, I want to give you one more thing to grab onto that I find fascinating. I've always found it interesting that when we speak of ships and airplanes, are you ready to go deep? We're going to go deep for just a second. When we speak of ships and airplanes, we speak of souls. The number of souls on board. It's so compelling because it calls out something deeper. These were not only bodies and living physical people on board who may have lost their lives, but souls. And I want to invite us into the possibility that we're talking about something deeper that we don't always consider, something that could be eternally or eternal or eternally valuable. There's something within us that calls out something deeper than simple existence, but a real connection to something spiritual and not simply in our bodies and our minds. I think there's something in each of us that calls out the reality that we are more than skin and bones or even thinking. The possibility that our value might be eternal. I don't have a better word than that. And if so, eternal, eternal what? And for the sake of what or whom? It's a conversation we know is important, but so often a no-no. As soon as we get concerned that someone may not be comfortable with our perspective or even our questions, and I hope we're comfortable with the questions here, that perspective so often getting caught up in religion or expectation or sometimes even fear. I get it, but I also feel, as many of you might, that a healthy conversation regarding the state of our spirits and even our souls, the deepest part of ourselves, is important because it connects our beliefs to our actions and something beyond us to what is right in front of us. It also connects the possibility that we may have to face a reality that some of our thinking regarding the potential nature of who we are is impacting how we show up, like taken straight back to the surface. To make simple, as Mark said, or to understand the tell that was showing on Boris Becker's face. And I would define spirituality this way. Let me just take a shot. The soul and center of who we believe we are that runs deeper than what we see, what we're doing, and what is immediately apparent. A center that exists beyond us and within us. And I bring this up because I think worldview matters. I do. I think that one thing I've talked about for years is that I think every leader has a working theology or a working deeper philosophy that actually is affecting the way that they behave on the surface, but we don't often talk about it. And, and what if there are more cues related to the soul than we're perceiving? What are the cues that might tell us that something exists within us that is, that is going to last? How would I treat people differently? How would you think differently? If we invited just our, a moment just to think about. So in the spirit of talking about, 
your your feelings about your own spiritual fulfillment, and you consider the possibility that people with you today are not merely flesh and bone and cognition. That's my psychological way of saying what they think, but souls, something and something and someone that will last with a potential eternal value. How would you rate your spiritual fulfillment then? If it's lower, that's not always bad. If it's higher, I want to know more about that too. And I hope I hope you feel invited to to think about this whatever way you you think about it. And at the intersection of those things, the reality of the two is that we all know is going on, but really talk about within the context of our daily grind and execution. The big connection between our personal development and our spiritual development is that they're both about things in us at the deepest levels. The narrowing and deepening levels that Mark Vincent describes and the hard work to make it simple. But the hard work must be done to get to the simple. <laughs> I think that's true. So let's keep this conversation going. Thank you for listening to this Wild Conversation. To join our live Wild Conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. And subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.